Hi, I'm Ivan Berry, the announcer for Fulham, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus podcast. Hello, we are back. Hopefully Fulham are back in action and so a happy new year to one and all. Hopefully you're all rested after a lovely little festive break and are ready to get behind the boys again in the second half of the season as we fight to get ourselves out of this blasted division again. But first, there's a small matter of the FA Cup this weekend as we travel west to Bristol to face the Robins in the third round. Morgs and Matt Dommer here to talk postponements, league positions, transfer windows and all that good stuff. So let's get on with it. My name is Matt Boisclair and this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Well, firstly, lads, aside from the fact that there was no football of any interest whatsoever to watch, how was your festive period? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Apart from that, I got to see everyone I was planning to this year, which was uh, makes a change. You know, there's no floppy-haired pillock telling me that I couldn't do that, so that was uh, that was a positive. Um, and then, then to make it even better, I didn't have to see you lot because Reading got cancelled. But <laughs> you know, such that's... a charmer. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll put that down as a, as the the, the low point because uh, yeah, I was really looking forward to that, and it's, it's a big shame. Um, and yeah, the rearranged game is is now a working week for me, which is not fun. Uh, involves a what a four and a half, five hour round trip potentially. Um, so you know, we'll yeah, but see. it's it going to be worth it. For the, the the terrible nil nil draw, or even <laughs> the last minute one nil loss in the fog, no doubt again. Yeah. I think, what was mine like? Mine was all right. I was quite looking forward to the Birmingham game as well because I, I haven't been to a Boxing Day game for years and uh, it was the first chance I was going to have to go to one. But uh, hey-ho, next year. Uh, apart from that, you know, Christmas. Got a four-year-old. It was manic. I feel very unrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Reading game would have been all right for me. It's only 10 minutes up the road. Looking forward to the 11th now. Hopefully it won't get postponed again. Bloody annoying, isn't it? This we'll see if they get see if they get any more injuries. I mean, any more COVID positive COVID cases? Is that is that yeah. what they're? I can't remember <laughs> what line they're using at the moment, but I think they use both. I think they just covered yeah. all their bases and just go. Actually, no, screw you. We've got yeah, exactly. a couple of players injured. Our youth players are shit, so we're not playing. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, their senior players are much better at the moment. I think <laughs> that's very true. Well, the first match to get called off was the Boxing Day game with Birmingham, followed by that game uh, at Reading. And then, of course, Swansea away. Now, they, they closed the football stadiums in Wales anyway, didn't they? So, already we're looking for our money back for those tickets. But then that got postponed. I was really looking forward to all those games. But, as I said, particularly Reading away, as we had that little bonanza planned. I think this one's a little bit irritating, given the reports you hear of Reading players going out for a Christmas party after the match with West Brom, though, which meant that, you know, they had to call off three matches, including ours. On December the 29th, Gary Neville tweeted, the PL and EFL in particular have got to stop these cancellations unless in exceptional circumstances. Each club has 40 to 50 players, including youth team as a minimum. If it's the Carabao Cup or the EFL trophy, they find a team without fielding the first 11. Get on with it. 
I find it really difficult to disagree with that. Give me your thoughts about this absolute disaster of festive fixtures, lads. I mean, I think, I mean, a lot of what Gary Neville says is actually quite sensible, which is quite surprising considering what he was like as a player. Um, and in this case, I think he's right. I think there's no consistency with what's going on uh, at the moment. And in the case of Reading, and I think, you know, I think Bournemouth pulled it as well the other day, they're mixing COVID with injuries. And teams, I mean, you could have six players out with COVID. You might then have, you know, four or five players on the treatment table with varying degrees of injuries. They might not even be that bad. They they might be throwing them in there just in order to get the game cancelled when ordinarily, you know, they'd run the injuries off uh, because players play injured all the time. Um, and it's just when, you, as you said, when they were out having their Christmas party in Manchester, of course they're going to catch COVID. You know, it's all over the place at the moment. And teams, I think, need to be held to account for that. If they're not going to, if they're not willing to keep their players in a bubble, um, because at the end of the day, this is their, this is their profession. They have to go out there. They are entertainers for the uh, most part, and they are not currently doing their job because they're too busy going out well, and. Well, that's true, yeah. But, you know, they're going out and mixing with the great unwashed. And, uh, you know, as a result, not able to do their job. Now, as you say, teams have youth teams. Are all the youth players going out? Are all the under-18s going out to bars? In which case, they should be held accountable because, you know, drinking underage. Um, And I think they just need to sort of, like, really get out there and actually put a really stern message out to teams saying, if you can't stop your players from going out and catching this, then you will have to forfeit games, or you know, like uh, Leighton Orient did in the cut in the Carabao Cup, they had to forfeit the tie. Whereas Liverpool apparently get a postponement. There's just it's all over the place. There is just then there needs to be a single message with a you know set of rules and guidelines that are implemented, but also make it you know uh, threatening to clubs if they don't control their players. So when they made that rule, it was they said something was it something like fourteen? You only need fourteen fit players. It's it's incredible how so many games have been called off for teams not ma- managing to make that number. It's like someone, fair enough, COVID it spreads quickly and it can go through a squad, but with isolation and all that kind of thing, it would. It, and what was it, seven days isolated at that time? You think it would clear up reasonably quickly? And the thing with the Reading one is their their first game, I think, was the eighteenth. They got cancelled, so obviously it was in the days leading up to that game where they had some some players out. Our game with them was the 28th, was it? Yeah. You'd think that's a long enough time for them to get it out of the of the system. It, it, in Reading's case in particular, it was just kind of like, well, oh, we've got injuries as well. They're just buying time to get their best players back because they're in a relegation scrap. That's the way it looks anyway. I mean, we can't but, say for sure. but But they went out in Manchester on the 11th of December after the game with West Brom. And that's well publicised. It was not like it's sort of yeah. you know, just uh, conspiracy theory. So they went out with this strain. You can sort of, uh, you know, you can catch it within five six days or show a positive result five six days. You have another week ten days of uh, isolation. After that, you're cleared. That doesn't yeah. bring you up to the 29th. Exactly. So yeah. they've gone out, and then again, they must have come in, done all this, whatever. I don't know how many players caught it, but surely you know, they had enough sort of players who weren't COVID positive in order to get that game on. But then, as you say, they've got two of their biggest players out 
and then probably a couple of others carrying niggles who they didn't want to risk. Yeah. But how you the EFL can't go to them and say, prove this guy's too injured to play. Yeah, exactly. Whereas with COVID, that's easy. You say, oh, well, here's my test. Yeah. Um, you can't sort of say, street. oh, he's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he's got, if someone's got like a slightly, you know, tweaked muscle, um, which they may go, actually, no, it's fine. Get some deep heat on it or whatever. Um, and then this time around, they say, actually, no, it's torn. Can't play. I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> deep heat didn't work. Yes, <laughs> try deep freeze. Magic sponge. That's what you need. <laughs> This this whole thing's made all the more difficult for us, given that we're coming off the back of four draws and a defeat leading up to Christmas. And we were top the last time we played a game. And now we're third, albeit with two games in hand, which if one, that'll take us back to the top of the league again. But out of form, without a game for almost three weeks and chasing the top two is far from ideal, given the position we're in, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not great at all. It's kind of... I mean, whatever the table says with thirds suppose it doesn't matter that much at this point. Um, the fact is we, we were on a poor run of form. Uh, whether we were together with third, we, we need to start winning games right now again if we're going to stay in this um, this title hunt. But but yeah, you, you always rather be the team with points on the board than games in hand, wouldn't you? Um, and it's frustrating because I'm, I might, I'm not sure how many other teams got all their games cancelled over, over Christmas in our league, but I think we might be the only... The only one who had all three called off. Um, I might be wrong about that. I mean, but... Swansea, my don't. I mean, Reading. Oh, we actually, Reading <laughs> played uh, two nights ago, didn't they? They played Derby. Yeah, they uh, did. Whereas, yeah. You know, we're still, you know, we're not. We're not playing our next league game for what till oh, the eleventh against Reading. Obviously. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it is definitely a catch up situation. And it's like, um, you know, when you get teams in like non-league, when they've played, when they've actually got to like the first round of the FA Cup and they've got like eight games in hand because they've got, you know, further in through the qualifying and there are other teams and stuff. It's all well and good having all those games to catch up, but then you're piling them in. Yeah. And it's a lot of pressure on the players, um, which in this case could be deemed unnecessary if, you know, if teams have been uh, flouting the rules a bit. And we don't want that. I'd rather have played all our games and be topped by six points and have a team behind us with three games in hand, as it were. Uh, but unfortunately, I guess that's not the situation now. So, Exactly. I mean, I guess the silver lining might be that earlier in the season when we, when we were chasing Bournemouth, that was the best we've been all season. And we were, you know, we were winning games comfortably. Um, maybe, maybe we'll do that again now that we've, we've got a target, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it's as you say, it's the, it's the fixture pilot that happens now, and who's to say that there won't be a COVID crisis in our squad? You, you just don't know that now, do you? It's still going to carry on through through January with kids going back to school and all that stuff. It's not over yet, so we could still end up having our games, more games called off, and then the piling up further into the season. And yeah, we're going to have to make use of our squad, aren't we? That's, that's no two ways about it over this next month. How much of an impact do you see this gap having on us now, though, now that we're behind and we've got those games in hand, albeit with, you know, the, the team just seemingly out of form? It's one of the... It's hard to say, really, because we have a very good squad, we have very fit players and you'd think 
as long as we're not playing sort of four games in a week, if we stick to the three, you know, sort of midweek, weekend um, schedule, then as long as we can rotate a bit, we should be okay. But it is, a, you know, it's a matter of just making sure there's some consistency to the performances. And whilst lately we hadn't been, you know, certainly not performing at our best by any stretch of the imagination, we have that ability uh, to you know, really take it, um, take it to teams. And the hope would be that we're quite refreshed um, after this recent gap. And maybe that was what was stopping us from, you know, performing particularly well, is that there were players who were a bit sort of lethargic. But that means we're going to have to sort of, you know, get into those five, six games or whatever it is that are going to be crammed together and just go all guns blazing, really, whilst at the same time trying to conserve some energy to make sure that we um, don't burn out you know, before April. Yeah, I mean, it. On the one hand, the last time we we were shit, there was an international break, a couple of weeks off games, club games, and we came back much better. So it could be a good thing in terms of the focus of the, of the players. We might have had enough time to kind of get our mind back on winning. Um, but then the flip side of that is three weeks without a game. So we've almost needed to play a friendly in that time. It's not quite, it's not quite pre-season because uh, the players are obviously still still training every day. But um, match fitness might drop, which which could be a concern at least for for the, the first few games into this run. And then two games, <laughs> game you know two games a week, then match fitness issue might become a tiredness issue. So there's there's a lot there's a lot of silver to manage, um, and I think it could really our performance this month could um, go a long way to deciding how, how we finish the season. Well, we've got Bristol City in the Cup on Saturday and assuming it's going to go ahead and let's face it, last season, Derby were made to play their youth team in the FA Cup when they had players out. So I do expect this game to go ahead. It's a bit of a catch-22 game, isn't it? On the one hand, the last thing we need right now is a cup run and more games, given the fact that we already have seven games to get through in the next three and a bit weeks. My initial instinct would have been to play a weakened team, but given this is an enforced break that we've had, I think we need to play our strongest side and treat it a bit like a practice match, to be honest. And for confidence purposes, I think we need a win. What do you think? Definitely. And I definitely think we need the win for confidence uh, purposes. I think in terms of the starting lineup. I would suggest maybe mixing up a bit, not throwing in youth team players, but, you know, utilizing who would be ordinarily on our bench. Um, But we are able to make five subs in the FA Cup, I believe. Um, And if that's the case, definitely need to utilize those because if we can mix it up a bit, if, you know, half the players, half the outfield players only play, you know, 45, 60 minutes or whatever, almost treat it like a preseason friendly. Um, but, you know, a competitive one. Yeah, I, as I said in the past, I love the FA Cup, always have. Um, but in this case, it really just doesn't matter. I just want the players to go out there, get a bit of match fitness, and then come into the Reading game on a high, hopefully. Or, you know, not on the back of a humbling, which I don't think they will. I think I don't think Silver will put out a team of kids. I think he will actually take it, uh, not take it seriously, but not take the piss because he'll know that his players need to get out there and actually uh, build up some match fitness. Yeah, I think that's the key thing. I think we've got to get 
we've got to get minutes into the players' legs now. Um, I think I think the idea of changing as many players as we can at about sixty minutes is probably a good one. Start start with a strong team. The result it for confidence, but I don't think it really matters that much if we go out as long as we don't get smashed. Who really cares? Uh, the the main thing is. Yeah, you know, the players get through unscathed with a bit a bit more match fitness ahead ahead of the Reading game. Um, I'm ordinarily I'd I'd be like, yeah, let's play an entire team of kids because we've got so many more games coming up. If it wasn't for the fact that we haven't played for three weeks, and um, I don't really want that to be, uh, you know, another week without games as well. I think when you look at sort of some of the players coming back in, I mean, it might be a chance for you know Congolo to play 15 minutes. Um, from the start before he has to go off again. Um, and then, you know, even uh, getting... He hasn't, he hasn't had enough. I mean, he's been out for a year, so he's probably not quite that fit yet to, you know, to play 15 minutes, is he? No, no. But, I mean, he's good. He usually takes a year between games, doesn't he? That's his usual sort of flight break. Um, so get him in. You get... Uh, I don't know if um, Cavalera is back again yet. Not sure if he was on the picture. But Hopefully you get, like, Shalabar in if he's fit. Um, get some some minutes in those players, uh, but make sure you're blooding in. Uh, you know, I would say Mitro needs a, a bit of a catch up after that long off. He's probably eaten a couple of mince pies and stuff like that over Christmas. Um, and you know, everyone else really. It's I think it would be good just to have two sort of two different elevens just to get sort of um, the uh, the players back into it. Really, even if it's not for fitness, it's for just uh, remembering how to play football again after that long. So, what would be your starting eleven then? You reckon Congolo at the back? I thought I th- if he's if he's anywhere near fit, I use the term loosely. No, fair enough. Um, I would actually start. <laughs> Never him. has been. No, <laughs> um, actually, I mean to be fair, I think he'd probably put him on the bench. I'd I'd go with um, I'd go with Hector at the back with Tosin. I think Tosin's young and fit enough to be able to play. Uh, you know, multiple games. I would probably start with Adoy right back and Brian left back. And then, I mean, obviously, uh, Seri's gone now, hasn't he? He's buggered off to Africa for the, um, ooh, I don't know where they play, Cameroon, I think, aren't they? Uh, so we won't see him for a little while. So I'd go, I'd go with Kearney. Uh, I mean, the, the AFCONs in Cameroon this season. Oh, I see. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean there. I thought you meant he was playing for Cameroon. I was going to say, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my geography is not that bad. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but I, you know, you go with, I go with Kearney, give him some time there. And I think Reed, I'd save him for Tuesday. I think he's one of those players that's a little bit too fragile to be sort of. You know, playing multiple games in a week, and I'd rather have him for the league game. So maybe Shalabar or Onoma there, um, and then I go Wilson, Cavallo, and Bobby, Bobby Reed, I reckon, and then maybe uh, Moon is up front. To start Not with Mitre. No, he hasn't. I mean, he's, just, he's not very good, is he? So um, we'll. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I keep. I I uh, give them half each. And I would start with I would start with Mooners, um, and then Mitro to come on, hopefully score, and then take him into Tuesday in a, on a wave of confidence again. 
another wave. Yeah, I'd be inclined to start with a stronger team um, with the hope that we get a lead and we can start gas a bit. But then again, as we said, the result isn't especially important. Um, I'd definitely start Mitro because um, he's he's the sort of player who, when he doesn't play for a while, he does tend to lose his match fitness quicker than some others. Um, so I so I'd definitely get him straight back in the team. Um, Reed is a fair point. I mean, I'd probably start him, but take him off at half time if we can. Um, because I say with Seri out, we do need to to protect him a little bit. Even though we do have numbers in midfield, um, but yeah, I'd go, I'd go pretty much the same team that we've that we've used used recently. I think um, I'll put Tete, Robinson, um, Reem, Tossin. I, I, I think I'd, I'd, I'd start as strong as strong as possible. Would um, you be risking it, Tete, giving his um, like his injury issues in I, the past, in something like this? Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I think the need to you know, get our get our fitness back up is is more important than resting players now because they've had a they've had a rest um <laughs> for three weeks. I, th- and... I think the only the only thing that I am thinking like on a Moshalaba kind of playing um before is basically an audition to see who can replace Seri potentially. Yeah. Um I mean none and... of them really. Well that's the issue. But I mean, you know, you go with Reed and you might go with Kearney. Um yeah. But again, you need to make sure there's a backup in there in case Kenny sort of um, injures himself again. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think, think Chalab has been weirdly underutilized. I think um, well, he's been injured. I think hasn't he? I think he's been injured for for a while, but not. I mean, he's he also hasn't played that much when he has been fit. Um, and he he started well. I mean, his first game for us was excellent, wasn't it? Mm. Um, way back, uh, it was against. I think but, of the match in that one. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Um so so there's a good player in there and he's obviously got Premier League experience. Um I would I would suggest he's probably the most likely to start games in series absence um for, of the of the ones who haven't been playing much. Um so I'd I'd be quite happy to see him instead of Reed, but but generally yeah, I I think I think it's quite important we go with with a strong team um because get some momentum ahead ahead of the the, the run of games to come. So, do you see us winning the game? What's your score prediction? Extra time, one all. <laughs> There's no replays, at least, is there? True. Yeah. Oh, there aren't this year, are there? No. They, okay, they, that's they, good. They, I was going to say, we might as well just throw a replay in there just to really fuck with everything that's going on. <laughs> um, play on the Tuesday and the Wednesday night. Let's go old school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I'm thinking. It depends. Bristol City have been pretty crap. Uh, and Pearson might not want to play a bunch of reserves as well, so I'm going to say we're going to win two one. Nice, that'll do. That'll do. Yeah, I'm going to go one all. Uh, extra time penalties, just because um, you know it's the last thing we need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, build up all that confidence, and then bring it down with all the penalties. Although I'd quite like to see a bit of penalty practice because um, we, we've we've needed it over the last decade, haven't we? Although, did you see that penalty from uh, China the other day? The guy took about a minute and a half with his run-up. <laughs> I did. All, <laughs> yeah. I that. All I wanted made Lyle Taylor look like a fucking sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted the keeper to save it. That's that's. Yeah, all I, I wanted, wanted it to blast it over. 
or to try Panenka yeah. at the end of it. Lippmann to come to run on the pitch and be like, what are yeah. you doing, you prick? <laughs> you do <it> like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads. Let's, uh, let's talk about the January transfer window then as we're in January. Marlon Fossey's already left the club on loan. He's joined Bolton. I think he made his debut the other night. There's also been rumours of toasting to Newcastle, Mitro to Juve in the past few weeks. Do you think anyone's going to leave at this point? And do you see many coming in? Or do you think we'll just stick with what we got? I can't see... I can't see a lot of activity, to be honest. This 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 window we've got for a start, loads of games to play, so that would be a bit, perhaps a bit of a distraction. Um, I think I guess Zam, Zambo's deal to Napoli will probably get tied up. Um, I don't know whether we're waiting for him to be sold to get any funds, or whether we we're waiting for him to be sold in order to balance the books a little bit for a financial fair play. But um, I can't imagine we've got that many players coming in. I'd like to see a left winger. Um I think of all the positions we probably need need a left winger the most. Um yeah, toss into Newcastle. I can't I can't see us selling any of our key players this January, even if it's Mitrovic to, to Juve. Um Southampton got bought out by a Serbian yesterday, didn't they? So there's there's probably a rumor of there'll probably be rumors of Mitrovic going there instead, but they can they can piss off as well. Um yeah I, I can't see a lot. We're certainly not gonna under Shad Khan, we're not gonna weaken ourselves in January, are we? I, I can't I can't see us making any major sales. Uh, there might there might be a loan or two in, but but generally I think we we we're looking at probably the, the squad we've got for the rest of the season. Unless a player unless a player sort of demands that he's transferred. I mean I don't think Tosin's gonna be um saying I have to go to Newcastle. I mean I'm sure they throw a lot of money at him and at us. Uh but you know in this position, you're right. We don't we don't sell players at this point, and thankfully we're not in a position where we have to. Uh, if someone, I mean, if they came in with a forty million bid and offered him two hundred grand a week, then fair enough. You'd sort of like you know. I think that's fair. Work. That's that's good business from our point of view. I think. Yeah, exactly. But I don't. Uh, I don't he, think Newcastle are going to be doing that anyway. I think they're going to be no. relatively sensible in this window um, and wait for the summer because there's no point panic buying, uh, and in our case, there's no point selling and. The only, is say, Anguissa, that'll probably get tied up. That'll bring in some funds, but that'll probably go into the pot for next year. Um, and then you've got to remember that we actually had a full squad at the beginning of the season. You know, we can only register 25 players. And uh, if Keener goes back to Watford, which sounds like it will because he's been dog shit and just <laughs> they kind of want to send him out somewhere where he might play. Um they might send him to Aris. Dog shit. You know, yeah, send him to Aris. He can go play with AK and uh, have some fun there. And we, um, you know, we might bring in a, a loan, a loan to buy to replace him. But we don't need to go splashing the cash. I don't think. I think you know, left wing maybe. But I mean, Cabano can do it. I, yeah, he hasn't been as good in recent um, recent games, but he can still do it in our team. So I don't think, outside of the need to maybe have a couple of reinforcements, I don't think we need to be signing anyone for exuberant amounts, exuberant amounts of cash, put it that way. So, yeah, a couple of loans just to bolster the squad. So. Yeah. Yeah, we, we might see we might see Knockart go to a, to another championship team, maybe yeah. a loan again, something like that. Who's, because, and who's that it, okay bloke that's been mentioned? Oh, I don't know. Apparently everyone knows who he is and I've never... I've, I've yeah, I remember, I remember West Brom signing him because his name made me laugh. Um, but that's all I knew. And then J-Mac was saying how good he was. And Danny was also saying that he was quite good. 
and I couldn't back it up because I had no idea. I never watched him play. Maybe if his name was brilliant or marvelous or something like that. Well, marvelous plays for Aston Villa, doesn't he? (laughs) 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 Fucking good Yasuku, whatever his name is. Didn't didn't Watford have somebody like that as well? Oh, was was marvelous playing for Watford? Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's Mark. Which is kind of ironic, really. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it just. So you don't think many, don't think much business at all then, no? I can't see a lot. I don't think we need to do a lot. Um, we've, we've got a decent squad. I and mean, we've, we've said all season, we've probably got the best squad in the league. Um, so so that should be an advantage now where we, we're not trying to unsettle things in January all over again. Um, I certainly... I. I know J Matt might disagree, but I don't want another January transfer deadline day where we we we've got five names coming in because I don't think we need it. The only the only thing that I would say is going after players who might be in the last year of their contract, who we might be able to get on the cheap, who we think are good enough for the Premier League. Uh, and I think I mentioned it before. Uh, old Brereton at Blackburn, he might be not a bad signing as a squad player for the Premier League last year of his contract or last few months of his contract. You know, yeah. could you get them on the cheap? Something something along those lines. But we need to be signing players if they are impermanent that we think are good enough for the Premier League rather than good enough to just get us up. Because I don't want to be in that situation that we were in last time around where we signed a bunch of players who were then deemed not good enough to That's play in the Premier League. So it's bad for squad morale. And, you know, it's not. You don't, you don't want that. You want us. I'd rather go up with the team exactly how it is now and then bolster in the summer. Uh, yeah. Unless we're able to get some, you know, high quality players, which without paying over the odds, it's time around. Agree, because you end up with like signings like Knockart and Cavallero, who you at the time think, oh, they're they're decent championship players. You spend a lot of money on them, and then obviously when you get promoted, they're completely useless. I mean, they're useless in the championship, as it turns out, but we didn't know that at the time. <laughs> you end up with that sort of signing, don't you? Whereas, yeah, I, th- I think I agree. If, if we make a signing, any signings in January, it's going to have to be with a half an eye on the Premier League, uh, who, who who might be good enough. Wilson, that 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 type of signing, I think um, you can make a case for him being good enough in the Premier League. Um, obviously, yet to prove it entirely, um, but there's there's potential there. So I, I think that sort of signing maybe, but I, I can't see I can't see many. All right, that'll do then. I think that's enough for this week. Thanks, Morgs and Dom, as always. Just a reminder, you can subscribe to the Full and Focus podcast if you don't already do so on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you may care to get your podcast from. Please also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Fulham underscore focus and on Instagram at Fulham Focus. Also check out our website at fulhamfocus.com where you'll find plenty of great content in addition to the podcast. We'll be back on Monday as long as the game on Saturday goes ahead as planned. So hopefully speak to you then. Thanks for listening, folks. Cheers. Cheers.